Today on the Marvel Cinematic Universe Podcast, we're going to be talking about uh, Ant-Man. How are we feeling about Quantumania now, after we had a week or two with it? Um, and, uh, you know, uh, some, some, some negatives, some more, po- some more positives. Um, and, we, and we get into like comparing it to all kinds of DC things. Like we're, we, we, go, we run the gamut on this episode. And we get to some of your feedback, uh, some of your non-Ant-Man feedback. So all that we have no control over. Welcome to the Marvel Cinematic Universe Podcast. My name is Matthew Carroll. And I'm Ashley Coffin. Ashley Coffin. Matthew Farrell. <laughs> What's up? Uh, and, you know, not much. Uh, I enjoyed all the, the holes discourse in the uh, Stranded Panda Chat and on the <laughs> Patreon this week. We, uh, we had a lot of people who really, really enjoyed that conversation, and that makes me very happy. same 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 time yes yes absolutely (laughs) i did the second i got off go oh shh i know what hole i was missing (laughs) (laughs) it was too late (laughs) the piss hole (laughs) yes exactly why are you using big words like urethra (laughs) i'm sorry i'm sorry that i was not more clear i didn't just say the piss hole when i said urethra (laughs) (laughs) And yes, I mean, somebody somebody in the feedback was like, your uh, anatomy class failed you. And I'm like, it has been a very long time since I have been mm-hmm. in high school. So, <laughs> yes, important. <laughs> Someone called me out because I apparently, uh, or I said, there are two holes in the vagina, which is wrong. There are two holes, one of which is the vagina, but colloquially, <laughs> we speak of it as the vagina, but... But yes, I'm sorry. I so so don't actually turn to us. I believed everything you mansplained to me. Don't even worry about it. <laughs> <laughs> so and this is why I laugh because people like people do that all the time. Like if a man is explaining anything to a woman, they're like, "How dare you mansplain?" I obviously needed that explained to me, so it was just explaining. Yeah, it's just explaining <laughs> if your like friend asks is asking <laughs> <No>. questions. <laughs> my own uh, anatomy <laughs> yeah uh, so funny so th- th- I, I thank you ashley for being fun about like not knowing something listen i am an open blonde book <laughs> yeah is it, sometimes i uh wonder with with some of those like jokes in the podcast sometimes i'll message you this one i didn't th- i didn't even think to because you seemed fine with it uh like i remember when i wrote a uh, steampunk douchebag a few years ago <laughs> uh, and, and I don't know if who, those of you who don't know. Uh, a few years ago, someone uh, recommended I write a parody to Teenage Dirtbag, but call it Steampunk Douchebag because that's something we used to call Jeff. Uh, well, <laughs> a critic once called Jeff <laughs> someone in a, in a one-star review I called him a Steampunk Douchebag, and so uh, uh, I wrote a song. I wrote the whole thing. <laughs> it's, it's it's on Spotify. You can check it out. Uh, steampunk douchebag by the garage which is amazing by the way <laughs> thank you thank you but uh i had to write jeff and be like okay i'm really insulting you in this like i'm really brutally and like this whole thing is making fun of you and he was like i love it i yeah. love it and i just i love that i love that we're all uh, team attitude. players here <laughs> yeah I, I have i struggle with that sometimes when i am the butt of the joke like i have sometimes i'm like i don't want i don't like it <laughs> <laughs> i usually live there so it's like you know I'm really used to it. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, so how are you feeling about Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania uh, now that we're a few, uh, a week past? It is interesting um, to think about it in comparison to the other two movies. Because, I mean, the first one's just so good because you have Edgar Wright and he's such a good director and he's such a good everything. I'm obsessed with him. He didn't direct it, though. He, what, he just wrote it, right? He he helped with the writing, but then he was taken off the project, or he quit. That wasn't the second one. No, it was the first. Okay. One. So he he had like so I think there is you can see when you watch the movie you can kind of see Edgar Wright's hands on it like you can see why certain choices were made that seem kind of Edgar Wright ish. Yeah, that's so crazy. I just watched an interview with Paul Rudd breaking down his most iconic roles, and he definitely accredited Edgar Wright to the first one, and that's why I was like, oh, oh, maybe he did do it. <laughs> No, it was Peyton Reed. I'm, I'm interesting. I'm pretty certain, um, but he did. Do, let me see what. The, let me see how they're credited. But he definitely like, like the, he worked on it uh, ahead of time. He, I guess he worked in the previs 
section. Yeah. Uh, Peyton Reed's listed as the director, but uh, Edgar Wright was the screenplay, uh, and then Adam McKay and Joe Cornish as well on the screenplay. Okay. So that makes that makes sense. I mean, and if, and if you don't know who Edgar Wright is, he did like Shaun of the Dead, uh, Baby Driver, all these really great, well-written movies. So yeah. There's a very special place in my heart for Ant-Man and something Paul Rudd was saying that I thought was amazing was that Stan Lee came up to him and was like, you know, I've been I've drawn this character forever. He's been in the comics, but you could never really draw it to scale to understand like how small Ant-Man is. So it was like the joy of his life to get to see this on film because you could also really see everything that made ant-man ant-man in interesting real like scale and i was like oh that's adorable and that's it has nothing cool. to do with the question you just asked me <laughs> oh no 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 yeah uh so 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 you do like the first ant-man that was the question yes. I asked, wasn't it yeah <laughs> <laughs> and i like this one um it was interesting you know the more I, I again i'd like to see it again i can't wait till it comes out on disney plus so i can be at home and really like Take it in again. But I mean, I I have, I love Paul Rudd. So it's hard for me to not like what was going on. And I love Michelle Pfeiffer. So the jokes landed for me. I don't know. I, I'm still okay with it. Yeah. I think I might have liked it better than Love and Thunder, but I'm not sure. It's really hard. Mm. It's hard. Those two movies seem like they're on kind of the same level for me. And that's why I think a lot of people didn't like those, but I w- or had issues with them. But the issues that I have with them are why I like them. I don't know. Mm. Here's a problem that I am identifying with the Marvel Cinematic Universe for me right now. I have a lot of properties where I look, watch them, and at the end of them I go, I like everything that happened in this movie. And so, like, I am really interested to see what happens next because I like where all the characters are. I like who the characters are. I like the, the ways they're building them. But sometimes I look at it as a movie and I feel like it's not... It's not understanding the assignment or whatever. Like, it's not completing what I need it to complete to be a fully fleshed out movie. Um, and, 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 and I'm feeling that way a little bit about Ant-Man in that we had a lot of talks. And I, and I try not to, like, judge the movies based on, like, our conversations too much because sometimes we have ideas or, like, you know, Mephistos uh, that we <laughs> want to appear and they don't. And then we kind of get. Uh, where, oh, but it didn't happen the way I wanted it to. But the thing that, like, some of the conversations we had before the movie came out, some of the things we wanted were just these, like, sort of, I guess, like, intense themes that we wanted to see. Like, mm-hmm. the idea of, like, Ant-Man, the whole purpose of his life has been to protect, like, to be, spend time with Cassie. And then he's like, you know, I can finally give you that time. And it tempts him, sure. But, like, I, I guess just, like, in the end, this movie when I think about the themes of the movie, it just kind of feels like good guys versus bad guy. Like, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Like, it just kind of feels like the, and the good guys did some really cool things. I like all the good guys. I like all the like powers. I like the ants. I like these rebels. They introduced us to, I like all the stuff that's going on, but somehow it feels a little like unfocused. In some ways, and in other ways, I feel like it's introduced. Well, I guess this is the same thing as unfocused. It introduces a lot of cool ideas and then doesn't fully flesh them out. Something that I was deciding um, when I was really just contemplating this movie this week was like it needed to be longer. And you know, like I'm I'm with you on the whole. Like, no, not every Marvel movie needs to be three hours. <laughs> yeah, but the way they introduced this is the end of the Ant Man trilogy. And the way they went down to the Quan Realm and introduced us to an entire like multi like species group of rebels, and then there's like these sand people that like that, that we talked about, and then there's like it really it felt almost as big as like the Star Wars universe, yeah, with all these interesting elements. But those felt like they were just sort of tacked on. None of them felt fleshed out. I don't it, honestly. I was I was <laughs> I was listening to. Uh, do you know the guy who does pitch meeting? Have you seen the pit, the pitch meetings? I've, talked I've about seen him. them. I just don't watch them that much. I've but. talked about him here before and in the Street of Pitch Jack because I love that guy. Yeah. Um. He had he had a line in his pitch meeting about the movie that said, "And then the guy with a laser for a head dies, and we're all sad because he's the guy with the laser for a head." <laughs> and I was like, "That's such a good point." Yeah. Like, it's a funny joke in the pitch meeting, but. 
it's a really good point. Like, I do not care about Laserhead Guy. There's a bit of me that cares when I see his friends look over and go, oh, no. But, like, they should have given me, like, 15 more minutes with the Rebels. You know? Yeah. Like, really tell me who the Rebels are. Give me a reason to care other than the just the oppressed group of Rebels, you know? It was almost like when they were going to go there with the Holes Guy, then they, like, rolled it back and made him. Like, we had more time with him if they would have killed him it feel like it would have actually mattered a little bit more but they chose they're mm. like who does anyone not care about that much that one all right kill yeah. that guy it was like they were doing the marvel thing which is like create characters that we care about so you can show us them again later you know what i mean yeah and not create characters and kill them off because that uh, like so the only character they killed off was the guy who we do literally doesn't have a mouth or eyes or any way for us to connect with him, you know? Mm -hmm. He just seemed like... Th if they had given Laserhead Guy the Ted treatment, the Ted slash Groot treatment, you know, like where, sure, he doesn't say anything, uh, you can't really tell what's going on in his head, but, like, you just get a sense of who he is by his actions to his friends. And, like, you kind of get that, but he's just... He just he I guess the, the I really just want more. Like, if you're gonna introduce this plot of the rebels, and and it's what I loved most about this movie because it expanded the world so much, mm -hmm. then give me a little more of them. You know what I mean? Yeah. And maybe maybe we'll get that in the future, and that's all well and good. But it makes this movie feel like it's at, it's spending time on things that aren't fully fleshed out, so those things feel empty. Yeah, it's kind of like when we first watched it and reviewed it. The first thing I said was, you know, like I thought that this was going to be a different tone. And we always joke and say, lie to us, trailers, lie to us, Marvel. But this time, you set a tone for this movie and then you didn't follow through. And I feel like that is not what we want. That's not what we mean. No, no. And, and, and the thing is, like, this movie, we were all thinking we might lose Scott Lang, you mm -hmm. know, because the way they set the tone in the trailer, I thought this Kang was going to be the Kang. The Kang. I wanted it to be. Me too, and I think they they wanted us to think that yeah. because they wanted us to all go in invested in the idea of, you know, this is the guy. This is the guy we, we're, we're going to follow for an entire multiverse phase, and then this is not the guy. This is like the guy leading to the guys, mm -hmm. you know? And it's like, okay, well, it, it feels anticlimactic is how yeah. it feels. Yeah, well, we've seen Sylvie take, him, take out a Kang. Now we've seen Scott and... Um... Hope take out a Kang. So we've seen two Kangs get taken out so far. And then you yeah. want us to think that he's a serious problem? Like, you're going to have to show me a little bit more. Yeah. And then a lot of it just didn't feel like, like the ending. And we've talked about this last time, but like the ending where Scott decides to stay and fight Kang. And he's like, I don't have to make sure you win. I just have to make sure we both lose. And then the, he lets the portal close and, and Hope jumps through with him. I thought for sure that meant at least some more time in the quantum realm, you mm -hmm. know? They would have to come save him or. Yeah. Like that's what the next movie's about. Or like he has to help. Like. That would have fixed all the problems I have if it ends up, the la instead of that last birthday cake scene, you know what I mean? Instead of that, it's like him uh, helping the rebels rebuild their homes or like patch up their homes and like they're, they're like rebuilding society now that Kang's gone and he's got to like help lead society in the quantum realm. Like that sounds awesome. Um, <laughs> but, it, but they just were like, no, we need, we need Scott Lang back in the regular world. It's going to be fine. And they yeah. just bring them back right away. No time. Mm -mm. Yeah, I don't know. It makes me wonder if mom, like a multiverse of madness, like freaked them out because of everybody talking about, oh, it's too dark. It was this or that. And it almost seems like they rolled back what was supposed to happen in Thor Love and Thunder. And maybe it affected this a little bit with rewrites. I don't know. Mm. Maybe. I don't know. Maybe. I I definitely think that's the case with Thor Love and Thunder just because we know there was some darker stuff. But in this, it just seemed like they cut the trailer to deceive us that this movie is going to be darker yeah, um, or like more consequential because this movie in the end just does not feel consequential mm -mm. in and out. Everything's fine. I like the ending a lot though, because you know, we all deal with that <laughs> with the dark thoughts yeah. that come in when you're just trying to you're like, well, what if I did ruin everything and I'm going to destroy the whole world? Like, no, 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 no. It's a birthday party. I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm fine. Right. That's the only part that actually felt like, okay, they are setting something up. But I wanted more in the movie that they told me I was going to get. <laughs> yeah, well, it's exactly what I'm talking about. It's the Marvel formula of like looking forward 
<laughs> but the thing is, like, that, and that's great. They've always done that. But some of their movies feel complete and feel like I get a meal out of them. It, we, we often talk about it in TV shows, the balance between episodic and serialized. Mm. And how like sometimes shows feel like too serialized where you're like, oh, this episode did not, th- this episode did not feed my soul. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Uh, while I enjoyed it. And I, and I don't, I'm not, I'm really not trying to like sh- on it too hard because like I do like this movie. It was funny. It was exciting. It, Jonathan Majors was amazing. Um, overall, I enjoyed the world building of it all. But I don't feel like I got my soul fed. Like, I don't feel like I saw a protagonist go through a change that, like, changed me, which is what I want, you know? I don't know. I also feel like we didn't get enough Jonathan Majors in it. I don't know. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, it's a two-hour movie. It's quick. And, like, that's kind of... Me and you are always talking about, we want more of that. Mm -hmm. But it's it it just almost feels like if you're going to do that, you, you need to focus down, honestly. Like, this... This movie being two hours long, but being like, let's tell a Star Wars story. Yeah. <laughs> and let's create a Star strange. Wars world. Are you wearing yeah, a Star it, Wars t-shirt right now? Uh, it's a it's or a is troll. it the one that says Star Trek? Okay. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a, it's the I've got this troll t-shirt that is a Star Wars image from A New Hope. Like it's the classic Star Wars poster, but then at the bottom it just says Star Trek. <laughs> <laughs> you wore that at Dragon Con, didn't you? I think I did. Yeah, that's yeah, very really, funny. It's very funny uh, when people just like legitimately can't compute. Like most people are like, "Ha ha, funny," and it's other people like try to explain it to me. Like you yeah, realize no, this is wrong. Like yes, yes, I do. <laughs> I find it hilarious that you it's wrong. like no, I don't know what you mean. <laughs> my my buddy has shirts that like have different like a band's picture and then the different name. Like it'll be like I don't know. I can't, I can't think of any. Like Guns like, N' Roses, and it'll say Aerosmith underneath it? Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> that sort of thing. Um, sort of like a related, like in style, but it'll be definitely wrong. That's very funny. <laughs> so it's really good. But all that being said, I, you know, I like the movie, but I guess I just want, like I think about some of the, my most, the best Marvel movies, and it's like these movies where the characters really go through something and change, mm. like... I mean, the first Iron Man is a great example. Him, like, going from everything's all about me, everything's all about me, and the end of the movie, he's not that anymore. Um, Captain America doesn't as much have a change, except for, like, a physical change, mm-hmm. but his his character building is so strong in that first movie. We were watching The Avengers the other day, and I was like, every time, I'm like, God, Cap's being such an asshole. And for the first time, I actually noticed... Every time he's being kind of an asshole, he's around the scepter. And I was like, oh, shit. I always forget until that one scene that it makes them all nasty. But, like, even Tony and Bruce are being very chill when they're trying to explain to him that, you know, like, what's his face? um, That Fury is, like, the spy of spies. And Cap's just getting more and more mad. I'm like, what is he? Like, what's his problem? Like, remove that stick. Damn. And then I was like, oh, it actually is the stick. (laughs) (laughs) Remove that stick. Damn. (laughs) Uh, <laughs> it's really funny but like and it's not just that the the older movies versus like the first it's not just the original four like i think about uh doctor strange the 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 that solo movie is so good it's so and the good. way it like uh you know the the ending of that one is such a transformation for that character but still he has it's still within his character but it's a transformation it's a different kind of decision that he makes I, I just want more of that. I want more of that, like, real character change and growth. Mm-hmm. And not, I feel sometimes like Marvel fears the change because once you change something too much, you, lo- you lose the original thing, you know? Yeah. No, 100%. And yeah. it's, it's like playing it safe. It's weird because, like, yeah. I always say that art is subjective and I, and I don't, you know, compare my likings of things to anybody else. Everybody can like what they want. But when I was seeing people be like, I love this as much as Winter Soldier. This is right up there after Endgame. I'm like, wow, what did, what did you get out of it that I'm not getting out of this? And yeah. it made me feel bad. I'm like, am I not? Of all the people, I, I'm a get, I, get, I get Marvel, but I'm not getting that feeling. And I'm happy for those people. I think that's great that you loved it like that and that that movie meant something for you for whatever reason like that. But on my personal list, I can't put it anywhere near Winter Soldier. Yeah, I would agree with that. I would agree with that. And 
it's a bummer because I really want to. Me <laughs> I want to. I want to feel that way. I really do. Um, but yeah, I, I don't feel that way about this one. Even though I really like this one, again, I'm not. I don't hate it. I just don't find it. It doesn't feed my soul the way that a lot of the other ones do. And I want to know what that is. Even you know, you're just comparing it to Love and Thunder. Love and Thunder, I think, has its problems, but like that one does feed my soul. Yeah. You know, like it really does. The the transformation that, you know, Thor, uh, Thor, Jane, and Gore all go through. It's really great. Um, really, really wonderful. Yeah. I think that because I know what we didn't get because of like all the interviews and stuff in Christian Bale, which is like the movie that we didn't get would have probably been my like fourth favorite, like right up there with Multiverse of Madness. And because they cut it up so much, when you do watch it, there is just an imbalance in the way that the story is being told, but they do eventually get there and there's feelings and like the ending is heartbreaking and mm-hmm. you know, how much does Thor have to lose and blah, blah, blah. But yeah, I don't know. I kind of take back putting it. I probably, I do like Thor love and thunder more than I like. Yeah. This, I like this it thing. a lot. I take there, it back. See, that's the, that's my problem with Ant-Man. Ant-Man's, I think Ant-Man's great. I think the first Ant-Man's really great. And when I rewatched, I love it, but I've always had this like, the Edgar Wright version would have been so much better. So a lot of those like better. heisty scenes. The thing about Edgar Wright, he goes into like, so some directors are really good at knowing how, where to put the camera and how to shoot a scene and make the actors do a good job. Like it, it all works, but some directors put the work in, like mm-hmm. they think about every beat of a scene before it happens. Like, like you th- you watch those, like a, uh, like baby driver or whatever, that, fir- that opening shot of Shaun of the dead, when he walks through the city, Oh yeah. The, 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 not the. It's not the opening shot. It's the first shot after they after he wakes up and the zombie virus is <laughs> yeah. gone. That first shot where he just walks through the street is absolutely amazing, and it's because de- the details of every moment of this long wonder was considered very carefully. And I feel like if if he had been doing that Ant Man, some of those scenes that feel so fun and cool, I like fun and cool ideas would have been fleshed out and would have had these moments that like. Peyton Reed didn't get. I, yeah. I guess. And no, so, I agree. so even though I do love that movie, I still like, I can't help but think of the Sliders universe where <laughs> that movie was directed by Edgar Wright and it would have been yeah. better. Yeah. Way to drop the ball, Disney. <laughs> what happened? I bet they wouldn't give him creative control. I really want to ask that question. Uh, and I'm sure, I don't know if we'll ever get to know, but I really want to know why Edgar Wright left. <laughs> if Bill ever gets in a position to interview him for whatever reason, I'm going to be like, Bill. I don't yes. care what your editor says off camera. I don't care off recording. I need you to answer these questions. <laughs> yeah. I just need to know, like, what did he want to do? Cause I can only imagine it was him going, no, for the story, this needs to happen. And it was Marvel going, no, you can't do that. Cause it messes up our, our greater universe. Like mm-hmm. it'll mess up the rest of them. Like what we do, what we're doing next. If you do that. Yeah, part of me thinks that they learned their lesson messing up with him, though, because what they did with him allowed us to get Raimi to be like, you know, them to kind of let Raimi do what he wanted to do. And then everyone was like, ah, Taika, you're not allowed to do what you want to do now because Raimi did. And then everybody freaked out. Like, it's so interesting how all of it works. Yeah, there's a lot of weird counterbalancing going on and reactionary thinking on the part of the studio, which is is a bummer because I think of Marvel as not being that way. Yeah. But sometimes, sometimes they are. Mm-hmm. I'm always on the director's side. It should always be the director's cut, final cut. I, I hear that, but at the same time, there's got to be a balance when you're building a big universe because if if it weren't for Kevin Feige holding this thing together, mm-hmm. then like they wouldn't all flow. And I'd be mad every time a director made a decision that counteracted one <laughs> yeah. of the previous scenes. I'd be so mad <laughs> if they constantly were doing plot holes and stuff. It's gotta, it's gotta fit within the universe. We'll never know. We'll never know. Uh, but what, what, what worries me is that I don't know that we have creators right now um, in the MCU at the moment that I'm excited about the way I have been in the past. Like I was really excited for the Russo brothers. I was really excited about um, James Gunn stuff mm-hmm. and they're, and they're all done for now. And yeah. I'm like, and I really want, like I need the next, like those guys to show up, you know? Mm-hmm. I mean, Shang-Chi was great. Yeah. Oh yeah. Of the last, wh- however long, I think that was the most like 
transformative and and I, I i don't even know what to say about it it was the most soul fulfilling thing that I, that i've seen in phase four i think and loki loki too <laughs> yeah yeah <sighs> i like so wandavision good. and you know how i feel about mom yeah we did the commentary track for the patrons for loki the other day and that last episode of loki is so good so oh. good it's so so good i like that kang I do too. I do too so much. I want more I like of Kaki he who remains. Kang. There was a quote from Jonathan Majors saying like that this character is so much different. The Kang he's playing in Quantum Mania that he didn't even go back and like rewatch anything he did for He Who Remains. It's such a different character that he was like, I don't need to like I don't need the reference. Like it's just gonna look like me and it's gonna be a completely different guy. Yeah. I love that. Yeah, me too. All right, we're gonna get into some feedback. Uh let's do this. Um, but that that was supposed to be a little like little chat up front, but we we went a long time. But I liked it. <laughs> All right, let's dive into some feedback here. Uh, Adam Pohl, one of our patrons, uh, says, "Hey guys, I was watching The Walking Dead and thought Jeffrey Dean Morgan could make a great Doom in the MCU. I don't know if anyone else has made this fan casting before. What do you think? Keep up the good work. Love you guys. Love you I've- too, Adam." I've definitely heard his name thrown around a little bit because he is such a good villain and he kind of has that look. I'm not against it, um, but you know, I don't know. My my dream casting is Michael Fassbender. <laughs> right. I only know him from uh, Supernatural. <laughs> no, I've, I've never seen Supernatural. Watchmen and Walking Dead, mm-hmm. in both of which he has a very like, I don't know, kind of down home sort of like. She speaks very oh, kind of southern. Watchmen isn't as southern as uh, Walking Dead, but he still has sort of that like. He does not have the bravado that I think of when I think of a Doom. I think of a Doom having more of a, like a classy vibe, and I haven't seen that from Different D. Morgan. But you've seen Supernatural. What do you think? Uh, no, not really. I I would like with people who kind of look and act like him. I would go more with like a John Hamm for Doom Ooh. versus Jeffrey D. Morgan. And that is not saying I don't like Jeffrey. I love Jeffrey D. Morgan, and I would love to see him in the MCU. But I don't know. He, maybe not my doom. But then again, I don't know. I do like him. So maybe. Man, <laughs> I just heard about a version of the DCEU that we were supposed to get. Or at one point, it was one of the ideas that Zack Snyder had. Um, do you know that in like the Flashpoint story... Uh, I think it's the Flashpoint story in comics. You may be able to correct me. If not, I'm sure we someone will. <laughs> Um, it, it may be, it may not be Flashpoint. I don't know. It's uh, I think it's the Flash goes back in time, changes the timeline, and it turns out that in the timeline he creates, uh, instead of his parents, Bruce Wayne was killed in the in the alley, and it turned his father into Batman. And oh, it turned interesting. His m- mother into the Joker. Oh, that's awesome. And so when Zack Snyder cast Jeffrey Dean Morgan as Thomas Wayne and Lauren Cohen as uh martha wayne the idea was that if they ever did that alternate story they would um they would have them play batman and the joker which sounds amazing it to really me. does oh it sounds so good but and apparently that was like the original idea in to do the flashpoint movie and they're doing the flash movie now but instead they're doing the go back in time and i guess he creates the universe where uh or or he just jumps universes i really don't know but uh, Keaton, yeah, Keaton is Batman. I was laughing about that trailer because the whole time I'm watching it, my arms are crossed and I'm like, I can't believe we're doing this. I can't believe like they're giving this guy or they are giving them all of this screen time after all the stuff. But then they hit him with that Danny Elfman music mm-hmm. and then out comes Michael Keaton. And I'm like, buying my tickets tomorrow. <laughs> I can't help it. Yeah. I can't help it. I just can't wait to see him. As yeah. Batman again, and I don't Same. really care what else is going on in the movie, but they got that Danny Elfman score, and I want to see Michael Keaton. So, yep, that's all I have to say about that. Right there with you. I really <laughs> want to see Keaton back. Something about Ben Affleck as Bruce Wayne that I'm just like in love with him. He is such a good looking Bruce Wayne. And he's not like, I don't know, Ben Affleck can look good looking sometimes or not, but my God, he is a good looking Bruce Wayne. He looks like a double stuffed Snickers in that bat suit. <laughs> yeah i like it like and he looks like a good bruce wayne. he's not the best bruce wayne i thought that the best bruce wayne was christian bale but that's a very mm. debated topic i felt like he looked you know he's hot there's nothing i could see you know Chris, uh, christian bale just 
he did every little aspect of it perfectly well, I thought. Yeah. I love Christian Bale's Batman in the first, in Batman Begins. I love his Batman and his Bruce Wayne. Mm -hmm. And then after that, I feel like his character just isn't given enough. Like, I feel like, I've always felt like the the second and third ones are not Batman movies. Like, they feel like they're, they're about, about the, the villains. villains. And he's just, which is kind of the whole thing. But if you don't have your protagonist going through something internal, you got to have that internal struggle, baby. Yeah. Um, which I guess they, they do. <laughs> um, it, well, it's so hard to act against uh, Heath Ledger when he was just, you know, acted circles around everybody in that movie. See, the, we, we, we got to get to the board. I will talk about this forever. Oh, we sorry, we'll, guys. <laughs> Look what you did. Bring it up the flashpoint. We'll just make this a little longer, uh, longer of an episode. People are going to give us another one star review for talking about Batman. Like they did last time. <laughs> Sorry, whoever that was in the ether. Yeah, somebody was like, this is not was, a DC podcast. If y'all didn't listen to our Batman, the Batman cast, uh, which is, it was probably one of my favorite ones that we've mm -hmm. ever done. Like that's like top 20 because we've done so many, but that's way up there in that list. Yeah. We, I had a lot of fun with that. It was really fun. We, we, we both loved it and made fun of it a lot. <laughs> like we were like, we love this movie. Now let's just let's really, <laughs> really, really dish it on it. Um, <laughs> But no, I I love Heath Ledger's performance, do not get me wrong. But I think a lot of the love for that performance is partially because of the uh because of his death. Um and like I think it's great, but the thing is that movie like is very focused on Two-Face. And I think Aaron Eckert's performance as Two-Face is amazing. Yeah. I I love him in that movie. I love Heath Ledger, but I don't think he is better than Eckert. I think Eckert's amazing. Hmm. I do not agree. All right. He won an Oscar. <laughs> Post more does that. But no, I've always liked Heath Ledger. So he, you know, he's oh, been too. my favorite since I was a little tiny girl watching Roar. Um, but it, I don't know. Go back and watch that again. He, he really pulls out some. I think he's amazing, but I think everyone's amazing in that movie. I think that the the CGI at the end worked really hard against Aaron Eckhart's performance because then I was just like, this looks ridiculous. <laughs> oh, at the time I bought it completely. I don't know mm -hmm. what I'd feel. I'd probably feel differently now because it's been so many years. I'm sure it hasn't aged like you'd want it to. Yeah. Um, but at the time I loved it. I thought it looked amazing. Um, okay. Let's get to, to the next, next feedback. Um, Wilder Nerdier, one of our patrons says, girl power. Uh, with She-Hulk and the large influx of female heroes, do you think we could get an A-team? Ooh. I mean, Ken and I were just talking about this the other day because I was explaining to him um, all the incels crying about how it's the MCU now. Right. But then we really started to think about it, and every character is pretty much is being replaced by a female. If you start to version. break it down, it's just... We were like, wow, wait a minute. It is everybody. Not that I yeah. have a problem with it, but yes, my answer is yes, we could definitely get an A-team because... We have a lot of females coming in, a lot of mm -hmm. female power. <laughs> yes, absolutely. And again, like you said, I don't have a problem with lots of females coming in. My only problem is we have a lot of, they're not taking the time to build the characters I want them to build. Like I right. just, I feel strongly that first phase took its time building the characters. And I feel like the new phase is kind of like, I just feel like everything's kind of happening so fast. <laughs> yeah, like I don't care about Cassie that much. I know I, I feel like I'm supposed to after this movie, but yeah. after Ant-Man, but I didn't feel like you gave me any real reason to care about her. I feel like they tried to, and, and maybe there's stuff on the cutting room floor when they cut this movie down. Like maybe, maybe, if it, maybe that's another thing we should have gotten some more time with because I mm -hmm. think Cassie um, had potential. I liked her whole idea that like, no, you've got to, fight for people, you know, like you mm -hmm. can't just like live on the things you've done in the past, dad, you got to fight for these people now. And like, how are you going to be mean to Paul Rudd if he was your dad? <laughs> you know, <laughs> everyone has a right to be mean to their dad. I don't have a dad, so I don't understand. And I would want Paul Rudd to be my dad. <laughs> yeah. You know, he'd probably be a good dad. Um, all right. Up next, we got Sherman Smith. Uh, Marvel helped save the movie industry. Uh, he's responding to last week. We were talking about Marvel's uh, practices with the theaters and such. Uh, and Sherman Smith says, Marvel helped save the movie industry. If it wasn't for movies like this, the theater experience would be dead. Uh, a rising tide raises all ships. I'm going to have to put a little pin in that. Um, 
Lots of movies do that. If anything, we saw that Top Gun Maverick showed us that people were willing to come back out to the movie theaters because it made over a billion dollars, hardly a year out of COVID. Marvel is why a lot of people go to the theaters, but I mean, I don't think that it it essentially is the savior. I think there's a lot of other good movies out there that are like it, but I do, you know, I do agree that we all as fans come out in drones to see movies, but I don't think that the movie ex- like that'll ever be gone because I still go see horror movies in you know tiny little movie theaters. It, I don't know, it's a different thing, but you can't. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I hear you. I think it's. Um, I, I think Sherman has a point. Like, I think it's true that like we the big tent poles are what keep the doors open. Like, it's not yes. just Marvel, but it's it's the big tent poles in general. And Marvel it, it makes the some and they of do the it biggest better. movies. Yeah, they do it better and they do it more consistently and they definitely get butts in seats in a way yeah. that no other studio does. Um, the only movies that have gotten up there are uh, like the Avatar movies. Mm-hmm. There's Jurassic Park movies are still bringing people out. Like there's there's still a lot of movies making a lot of money. Right. That it, say you waved a wand and Marvel disappeared. Do I think that movie theaters would not be a thing anymore? Absolutely not. Right. I do think that with that cheapening of home, good home theater experiences, like movies are a lot less um, important. Like the theater experience is a lot less important these days. Yeah. Oh yeah. I do think the theater experience is a lot less important these days. Like I think, I think he's right in that big tent poles do hold the theaters together. I think what I was talking about last week, you could still do that and not insist on so many weeks and so many theaters. It's kind of like, they're so big. It's sort of this like too big to fail mentality where it's like, oh, yeah. yes, they're so big. They are, I agree with uh, Sherman, that they are one of the major things holding the theaters together. But because of that, they're using that weight to be like, and now if you're going to take our movie, you have to guarantee this many theaters and this much time. And, and all those things that they're choosing to do, they're not like just, you know, just supporting the theater by being the biggest movie. They're also using their weight as the biggest movie to kind of get even bigger. Does that mm-hmm. make sense? Like, Oh yeah. Yeah. I kind of, I kind of just, and this goes for like all kinds of businesses. <clears throat> I really hate when businesses use their, like they're being the top of the pack to keep other, other businesses down. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, we're the top of the pack so we can afford to do this or that or that. And so no one can compete with us. You know, <laughs> Amy Schumer had a good joke. Cause her newest movie came out the same day as a Marvel movie. And she tweeted like, "Welp, there goes all of my money." <laughs> or like, what, "Like anybody going to see my movie?" And oh, like, they right. were trying to switch the dates and stuff because that is something that people do have to think about. Yeah, for sure. And the way they keep them in theaters for so many weeks and so many theaters, like, yeah, it's it's an issue. But like, I, I agree that the reason the theaters do it is because they know it's going to make them a lot of money. They don't mm-hmm. do it out of the just because Disney is in charge. They do it because oh, yeah. It's going to make us a lot of money, so it's a good deal for us to keep these in the theaters this much time. This, much, But it's just its kind of a bully move, I guess. Yeah. And COVID kind of changed everything because I remember uh, Dune came out over COVID and I made the mistake of being excited that it was going to be on HBO the same day it came out in the movie theaters and I didn't get that IMAX experience. And I have regretted it to this day, not going to experience that movie with an entire theater full of people who love Dune as much as I did watching it on the big screen like i missed out and i also didn't see nope on the big screen because i didn't find out till later that that was filmed in imax for imax like there was a reason why you were supposed to go see that in imax um and jordan peele intended it to be viewed that way and i did not get that experience because when we went and finally saw it it was already out of imax and just in standard and then i watched it and i was like man this you know looking into it you see that it was meant to be viewed in IMAX. And I'm like, I am not making this mistake again, unless my IMAX breaks down like it did for Ant-Man Quantumania mm-hmm. and I have to watch it in simple standard. <laughs> yeah. It's interesting though, the, the whole movie theater thing. Oh yeah. yeah. I mean, and there's always been for a long time, it's been like the balance of power between the studios and the theaters and like <laughs> who's driving the ship. But like, you know. and it does show like multiverse of madness and Thor both came out during this going on and it did not make as money as it should have. And Matt Top Gun Maverick blew both of them out of the water. It's, it's mm-hmm. kind of crazy. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, and it also just like every month that the pandemic was going on, you know, it's like for the first first while everyone was scared to go to the theater. You know, like everyone yeah, I didn't was just go. Yeah, no nobody knew what this thing was, what COVID was, and it was just like over time, you know, we got more comfortable with it or we got vaccines and other, and just I don't know exactly when all those fell, but like they definitely it definitely had a big impact on Marvel uh over the last the last phase 4. Phase 4 was really tough for their theater um theater dollars they did not make their theater dollars like they normally do and i saw multiverse twice mm. i tried to help <laughs> i tried to help uh okay <laughs> let's do let's do one more here thomas mcneil one of our patrons says uh which mcu release has gotten better over time as a rewatch infinity war is my favorite rewatch but it will never surpass the first time i saw it in theaters uh, for me, the answer is Age of Ultron. I didn't love this movie at the time. I thought it was just okay. However, it now gets better after every rewatch. The first part of the movie is really just fun, watching the Avengers on a mission together as a team from the opening fight scene up to Ultron coming online. The movie flows really well. Uh, we have introductions to Wanda and Vision, Thor bringing Vision to life, Avengers trying to lift Mjolnir, uh, one of the best Stan Lee cameos, Hulk versus the Hulkbuster, uh, a cool scene of Nick Fury re-emerging, and the tension between Tony and Cap growing. Ultron might not have worked f as a villain. Uh, Ultron might not have worked fully as a villain, but I look forward to when he comes back in a future MCU project many, many years from now. Uh, Captain America, first Avenger is a runner-up for me. Um, it was okay the first time I saw it in the theater, uh, but it has only improved with time and rewatches. I agree with every single part of this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because yeah, my yeah. favorite rewatch is definitely Infinity War. We just watched Age of Ultron the other night. Like, literally two or three. Because that's what happens. I'll put on Avengers, and then we just go Avengers, Ultron, Civil War, Captain America, Winter Soldier, Civil War, Infinity War, Endgame, and then we just start over again. <clears throat> we can't yeah. stop doing it. But yeah, uh, people have a lot of problems with <clears throat> some of the things in Age of Ultron, but I think as a movie, it shows them in like them as real people in a way that you don't kind of get the banter. Like we always say, we could have an entire movie of just them hanging out at a party, you know, making jokes and stuff like that. But, um, and then when I first saw, captain america first avenger i really was like that this is this is okay and then when i saw it again i was like what the heck was wrong with me this is amazing right <laughs> yeah know. yeah and yeah i wonder why it is that first avenger feels that way but i do i think there there's something to that i think uh the first time it just feels a little more like you don't know how much you're gonna love steve rogers at that point exactly i only we only had seen chris evans uh you know failing us no it wasn't his fault but you know <laughs> the fantastic four movies were not great and then he was in not another teen movie so i was like really we're giving whipped cream winner the uh the role of steve rogers <laughs> and then i didn't buy it as much in the beginning and then i was like wait a minute what and now you've circled back around to wanting steve rogers to wear whipped cream for you uh, yeah i was like <laughs> i will cover you in whipped cream myself um <laughs> But yeah, it is crazy how like, but that's how protective I was of the Captain America character mm -hmm. because it was scary when these were first coming out because Iron Man worked so well and movies, they, they were okay. They just didn't work like that. Even the X-Men movies, like they were good, but they weren't, some of the things weren't great and the castings, they were okay, but they nailed it. They really knocked it out of the park with these ones. And it was almost like I was a little like, oh, are you sure? Am I, am I sure that this is who I want as my Captain America? And the answer is yes. Mm -hmm. And I miss him so much. Yeah, me too. Um, so I, it's really hard because Thomas here got some of the best answers. And I, I would have gone with Age of Ultron as my top for sure because I love rewatching Age of Ultron. It's one of the most fun Marvel movies um, especially on a rewatch for whatever reason, like there's no stakes. Like, I think the disappointment around that movie was basically all that, like, I think it was the title. If it had been Avengers versus Ultron or something, but day, the, of the day of Ultron or like, yeah. And honestly, the day of Ultron would have been like a kind of an epic name. It would have hit its old thing, own thing, mm -hmm. but like age of Ultron is such a, 
iconic comic and it's this movie is not that so we all had this idea of what it was going to be and it wasn't Mm-mm. um but the actual what's there what's on screen like you ignore the name it is so good so good to go back to dc i feel the same way about freaking birds of prey and the harley quinn thing oh That's yeah that one's a, fantastic it's a fantastic movie and it got a lot of crap and it got poorly uh, received partially just because the name was weird. Like it should have just been the Harley a Harley Quinn movie. Yeah. Um, and it, it being a Birds of Prey colon Harley Quinn and the Fantabulous whatever. It was like okay. <laughs> and like you go in theaters, it's Birds of Prey. Most people don't even know what that is. Like it got terrible um, marketing ahead of mm-hmm. it because of the name. Uh, but, yeah, I think the same thing here. Age of Ultron is just. I, I think it's absolutely killer. Uh, and I think that's that's one of the things. I think a lot of times that initial watch. Something that makes a movie a better rewatch versus um, the initial watch, I think, is the expectations on that first viewing, you know? Oh, yeah. Good point. Like, so because of that, Ant-Man might be one that's grown in my ability to, to rewatch it. Because I had that first watch, I was honestly just pissed off it wasn't an Edgar Wright movie. Like, I, <laughs> the whole time, I was just like, yeah, I can see what Edgar Wright was planning to do with this scene. Yeah, I can see what, this would have been better if Edgar Wright had been editing it. You know, like, it was, and then at the end, um, uh, but now, going back and rewatch, I'm like, yeah, that's a great movie. Really fun movie to rewatch. <laughs> do you know what bugs Ken the most about Age of Ultron? Ultron's mouth. Because technically his mouth being metal it doesn't make any sense that it would move like it like a normal person talks sure yeah absolutely. and he like every time it, he brings it up he's like why wouldn't they just like have a thing just sort of like a like a mouth maybe a mouth that moved or even if it just hinged but the fact that like the lips fully move and move like he's talking he's like it just doesn't make any sense metal doesn't move like that i'm like this is what we're going to talk about every time we watch this for the next 500 years you know well <laughs> i would give okay to answer Ken's feedback, um, <laughs> just kidding. Uh, Ultron. It wasn't nanotech at that point. Well, no, but Ultron is trying <laughs> to be an expressive character in that yeah. moment. He's trying to express to the Avengers, and so like I think his his the way his design of his mechanical <laughs> mouth is just supposed to be part of his gravitas. It's part of his striving to be more like his creator uh, that he kind of hates. You know, it's that oh, sort yeah. of like. Hatred of Tony, but also love of Tony, and uh, I don't know. I, I, I love. If he I love was Ultron. nanotech, it totally would have made more sense. Yeah, to maybe. Move like lips, but I was just like, it's James Spader. I would, to- I would date that robot. So get out of my face. <laughs> yeah, that robot can put those metal lips on me anytime. Mm. Uh, okay, so yeah, I, I, I guess that's my answer. I guess Age of Ultron's my answer too. Um, so sorry, Thomas, we're not uh, being. Or creative, you just you, you pick the best one. Yeah, Infinity War because then it's like I don't have to watch any of the other movies. All my friends are here in one place. <laughs> yeah, so that's yeah, yeah. why I love Infinity War. See, everyone loves Infinity War. Like, there's that the debate of Infinity War versus uh, Endgame, and like everyone falls on the Infinity War side. I, I'm the uh, I guess the contrarian there. I really love Endgame. Um, yeah, yeah. It just is so. I, I guess because it's so much more of a focused story. That's yeah. always something I strive like to see in these movies. If you're gonna have a thousand characters, uh, give me a reason to follow four of them, you know. And then like, mm-hmm. and that's what they do. They they like get it down to their like eight characters they follow for the first half of the movie, um, and only a few of them are really focused on uh, telling their story. And then you get to the end, and you still get the beauty of seeing all of the characters in one big fight, you know. Except for Black Widow, and I'll never forgive them for that. Yeah, that does that is terrible. Um, but man, I, I, there's just nothing better than Cap standing and those portals opening behind him. First off, Cap standing by himself and like <laughs> tightening his shield. God, it makes me want to cry thinking about it. Uh, <laughs> but like freaking Cap tightening his shield when every other Avenger is down, and he's like, "I'm standing against the armies of Thanos, and it's just me, but I'm gonna still gonna go. It's this time. Let's do it. <laughs> I can do this all day, baby." Oh, it's just so, that's like, there's just nothing better than that scene for me. Like, in all of cinema, I think there's nothing better than that scene for me. And then on your left, and just, uh, yeah, I can't. Like, if if it was just that scene and that fight, that that ending, uh, I think, like, that might still be uh, every other Marvel movie for me. I just freaking love that. Yeah, uh, I mean, they put a lot of work into that last scene. They have the music, mm-hmm. and yeah, it's yeah. supposed to be. Well, And, <laughs> and it's, they nailed it's, it. 
it's what we always talk about with action sequences, having them be meaningful to what the character's going through. And like the character going through that, like him just continuing to be Captain America in the face of the worst, you know? Uh, mm -hmm. And that's, that's what, like, that's his whole thing. It's like, no matter what he stands up against, he's always going to make the decision to like stand and like fight the bullies. And uh, ever since from that alley all the way to that moment, like that's the same kid, you know? And it's like that in this, in this moment, it's no longer I'm Captain America. So I can stand up to anything you put me in front of, but it's like, he is so outgunned, but we've known him since that alleyway to be like the. Doesn't matter if he's outgunned; he's still going to stand up. It's just, mm -hmm. it's beautiful, absolutely beautiful. <laughs> I love it when Captain Marvel comes in there and wrecks that the ship. I just yeah. love that part so much. I love how excited Rocket is about it. <laughs> yep. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's really really great, and that's uh, I, I I love that uh he has to call down the like rain of fire to stop scarlet witch from killing him i know <laughs> it's really great it's really really great okay uh well my friends i guess that will be all for this episode uh we'll, we'll be back in a couple days i think we're gonna do one more ant-man exclusive ant-man feedback after this uh this week because we got we didn't get we were gonna do some more uh ant-man feedback after this but uh, i guess today will just be uh the other other feedback because we hey, it's been a couple weeks since we've gotten into anything but ant-man so of course because it's ant-man week all right guys well that is about it for today uh thank you so much for all the patrons uh we're just finishing our first month of the new patron tiers we got to hang out with the patrons some this weekend mm -hmm. uh we got the exclusive episode up so if you're interested uh go to patreon.com slash mcucast and join us over there i really would appreciate it yeah, we're going to do some fun stuff. I'm going to do like makeup, makeup tutorials yeah. for different MCU characters. And we're just going to have a come join us on Patreon. Yeah. <laughs> it's going to be a party. It's going to be a party. And this week, speaking of going to be a party, I am playing in Atlanta. Uh, I'm it's my my geek band, The Garage. We're doing like some Star Trek, Marvel, Star Wars music. We're going to play Steampunk Douchebag, as we mentioned earlier <laughs> in this episode. Uh, it's going to be a full on uh show but it's at a thing called marietta the gathering it's it's in the atlanta area marietta georgia uh you can uh come out they're gonna be doing like a big geek thing all day stuff for kids and adults and uh, my band's gonna play so i just thought it'd be really fun if there's any pandas over there come hang out come hang out with me um, <laughs> that sounds awesome yeah it's gonna be it's gonna be really fun um so thank you all so much peace until next time true believers Thank you for joining us for the Marvel Cinematic Universe podcast. And a special thanks to all of our subscribers at patreon.com slash mcucast. You make this show possible. A big shout out to our brand new first ever Illuminati tier patron, Walter Kreisky III. Thank you, sir. If you want to find all of our fine Stranded Panda podcasts, go to strandedpanda.com. And for a video version, check out youtube.com slash strandedpanda. And if you want to take part in our live streams, go to twitch.tv slash strandedpandatv.